Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Death Smile podcast. Today, we are going to take another look at the journal of Wilcox Bennett. Now, today's journal is a little bit shorter. It's a little bit broken up into pieces, and it's unfinished. However, the ideas that are presented in just the short few paragraphs that he did write are powerful, and they are easy to understand, very relatable to the modern age. So, it is titled, History of Thought, and I'm going to get into it. In order to understand history's place in practical thought, I find it beneficial to review the positives of historical study along with the negatives. Before I present the details of my studies, I do want to explain why I am writing about this in the first place. I find myself pondering on the thoughts of the first humans. Even less prehistoric, I think of those who are among history's most admired and respected minds, especially in regards to philosophy. If philosophy is the love of wisdom, and wisdom, amongst other definitions, is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, and good judgment is important in enabling us to effectively cope in difficult and stressful situations. It is safe to say that the primary goal of philosophy is the advancement of our understanding of how it is that we can live a stress-free, enjoyable, and happy life. Today, it would seem the work has already been done for us. In the age of technology, a simple Google search will result in a million different manuals and instruction guides, each titled How to Live a Happy Life. Each one of these guides are authored by well-respected scholars, doctors, or anyone else within our society who has been deemed as ought to know. In my experience as a university graduate, I have written essays in which I was required to draw from other sources in which to base the contents of my writing on, and as a result, I have pulled from and read hundreds of scholarly essays and articles, each one of them basing their contents from other sources as well. In a bibliography, it would seem that you can find hundreds of other bibliographies in which you can find thousands of other bibliographies. Seemingly so, there is a lack of originality and authenticity in our age. And although history does have its place within practical thought, there is something that separates the modern practical thinker from the subjects of our historical study and practical thought. Now, in order to avoid being contradictory in my writing, 
I will not refer to outside sources, save a few. I see this as a problem. The codependence scholars, writers, and philosophers seem to have with the work of others. Modern philosophy and practical thought is full of translations, interpretations, and retellings of works that have existed for years. These works are great in their own regard and have been enjoyable for me to read. However, these books came from authors and teachers who necessarily spent more time writing, more time thinking, more time experiencing, and more time creating than they did consuming. <laughs> he wrote this and he circled it a bunch of times. It is like someone who consumes too much food. Obviously a very strong thought in his mind. Continued. These philosophers have their place. They have lived their life and have left behind the stories of how they lived their life. As I said before, I will not provide specific sources or excerpts taken from historical books. However, I will call upon common sense to further explain my point. Nietzsche had his philosophy and is remembered for his expansive discography. Kierkegaard had his own philosophy along with his own collection of work. The same can be said of Plato, Aristotle, the Stoics, the Existentialists, and any other philosopher. What does common sense say? That although some of these philosophers were members of philosophical schools or based their philosophy on the teachings of another, they nevertheless created their own philosophy choosing to live their lives from their own unique perspective. And then that's where that, this particular journal entry ends, but as I said, he, uh, a few, it's, it's sort of broken up. A few pages later, it seems like he tried to continue it, and he just wrote something that related to it. So I'll, I'll read it right now. He said, when you spend all of your time reflecting you lose time for creating. In constant preparation for tomorrow, you lose today. So, this is an idea he's touching on that is it's truly a problem in the modern day. He's right about almost everything he says. It would seem, if you go to the bookstore, you go to the library, you look at any modern day books philosophy books, intellectual books, self-help books, they're always pulling from different sources. If you are in school, if you're in university, or if you're in a lower level of schooling, you know that you are required to use so many sources for your own particular work. We're constantly pulling from the work of others. We have to question ourselves, or we have to ask the question, how did the people who wrote these things that we're pulling from, how did they write this? They had no one to pull from. They just wrote it. So these 
people that we pull from, these books that we read, the authors, we sort of, without knowing, think of them as larger than life. We think of them as gods. We think of them as having some sort of power that we do not have. And that's just not the case. Okay, and like he says, history does have its place in practical thought. It sure does. Reading is beneficial. Okay, intellectual study is beneficial. But it comes to a point where you can do too much of it. I think that's what he's touching on. Okay, if these philosophers that he's talking about, or if these people that we study, if they spent all of their time reading and just thinking about the things that they heard or that the things that they've learned and never ever put the pen to the paper and wrote something of their own, we wouldn't have anything to read. And this is what he's touching on. It's important that we balance our level of consumption with our level of creation. There has to be a healthy balance. In almost every single religion or creation myth, <laughs> there's a common theme. Okay, we are created in the image of the creator. If you're a Christian, I know you know that. If This is in almost every single religion. We are created in the image of the creator. So wouldn't it make sense that we do have a little bit of creative power ourselves that we should hone, that instead of consuming too much, like if we consume too much food, we should create, we should put something out. And this is something that's been touched on, not just from Wilcox Bennett, but it's been touched on by many other philosophers as well. And I know I'm kind of being contradictory here because I'm pulling from a different source. <laughs> but Nietzsche in particular was very against overreading. He would criticize people who read too much, sort of like he would look at them the same way we look at people today who spend all of their times on their phones. Because back then, obviously, there was no phone. So books might have been the equivalent to a cell phone back then. But these are just people who are constantly consuming, 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 never doing anything else with what they're consuming. So it's important to balance, again, creation with consumption. And another thing I want to touch on really quick is for some reason in our society, reading or someone who is known to read a lot, a lot of times they're thought as having some sort of intellectual advantage over those who don't read a lot. And that's not always the case. And for that reason, some people don't even consume what they're reading. They just read to appear a certain way. And that's wrong. <laughs> You're not doing anything for yourself, believe me. If you're going to read, at least truly consume what you're reading, digest the information, reread the same book multiple times so that you can get that information and truly digest it, and then write about it. That's my advice. Write about what you consume. That way you can balance consumption with creation. This is why I stress Journals. Journals are very beneficial. Believe me, they're very beneficial. <laughs> Please, journal. You'll find an incredible benefit from doing so. But anyways, I'm going to end it there. I hope you did take something from today's episode. I enjoyed reading. And again, this is a journal. Wilcox Bennett, he has so many entries in here that I'm so excited to continue sharing. So please stick around and I'll see you next time. Thank you.